Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. Hi, sis. How are you feeling? Feeling? I'm just feeling all the things. (laughs) You're like, how are you? I'm like, I am. I am. (laughs) You know what? Okay, this podcast episode is making me think of the last time you guys were it was right before covid and it felt like y'all were were like storm chasers like running away from what we we didn't even know was about to hit which was the craziest it was crazy pandemic pandemic i'm just kidding might keep that in there um (laughs) no it's true um we rushed out of there and ended up not getting on flights but keeping our car out of fear that we wouldn't make it or <laughs> something. It was crazy. But crazy. It was so, it, like, it was just so funny. To move. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about what is happening? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Bee's been along for the ride since the beginning. And then I've Irish goodbye just about every single person I know. Because um, that's just where we're As at. As we do. <laughs> I just don't have the um, capacity anymore to just chat about these things. But basically... We are moving to back, back to Nova, Northern Virginia, and we're really excited. And it happened faster than I could blink my eyes. And I didn't think it would. I thought, you know, this baby, I thought it would, we would have time before Colin moved up in his um, job and it might be just like a dream for later, whatever. And then bada bing, bada boom. It all happened within, I don't know, says what, a month, six weeks. And our movers called us on Wednesday and instead of being here in a couple of weeks, they said we can come on Friday to Rapid City, your little town on the island, or at the end of April. Fun. And I move at April. So we're here. The crazy thing is that I just feel like you guys are so good at, and I've said this to you before, like listening to the Holy Spirit and just going where he leads and being like, okay, let's do it. Like holding loosely, as we say. Oh, we have no choices. And especially with the kiddos, it's like you just have, if we've learned anything, come on, in motherhood, it's holding loosely and being at peace with whatever comes. We have to be that way. We're, we're all so blessed. And um, B and I were texting today, you guys just about some friends that are going through really, really hard things right now. Yeah. And I just, it just made me pause in prayer and say, again, we said it a thousand times, nothing matters. Yeah. Just Get us to heaven, Lord. Work on our souls and everything else is fine. If, yeah. if you move us around, God, if you want to, you know, rock the boat here and there, if you have better plans, we're in for it. Just just get us to heaven. And that is Lent. And here we are, second week of Lent. So Be- Lenty. <laughs> I know. So Lenty, how's your second week of Lent? How was, well, first, I want you to share too. Her brother just got married, you guys. B is one of eight, seven. Yeah. But um yeah a big family and yeah. one of her siblings got married. This is the only the second sibling since you, right? Yeah. So yeah. how was so funny enough? My second to youngest brother got married on Monday and I, we went, we had this very intimate rehearsal dinner and we went around the room and gave these little speeches. And it's funny because I work part-time at Belmont Abbey college marketing. And I just ran into my uncle who also works there and <clears throat> 
he was walking down the little path that they call Abbey Lane. And it's this cute brick, like, it's like their, I guess, their picturesque area of campus. And they call it Abbey Lane. And I see him walking down and we stopped and we talked just about how sweet this family wedding was. I mean, it was really just our families. And, um, I mean, we have a lot of cousins, so it was, it ended up being like 50 people. Um, so it wasn't like a super small wedding, but it felt so intimate. And, um, you know, I said at the rehearsal dinner, I'm like, I have to admit, you know, cause you got to throw punches at your siblings when they get, <laughs> as we do. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I never would have thought in my dreams that Greg would be the second to be <laughs> after me. And, you know, everyone laughed because we all, it, it's like, we all know, like, he's just this sweet little just just nugget of a person and um he found this girl this sweet girl on catholic match her name is Teresa, um and she went to franciscan she's just adorable um her family's mexican and um they just they really did a beautiful job intertwining like mexican catholic culture into the liturgy and it was just precious it was so precious so um yeah, it was just really cool for our families. We've had a lot of things in our family happen, like just in the past 20 years. And if you've been here listening for a while, you know what those things are. Um, but yeah, wedding weddings are just healing. I feel like you recently shared this with me from the Be Transformed book, which just arrived. I have to admit, I haven't read it. Oh, good. But maybe the next episode we'll chat about like it in more detail. But yeah. sis, can you share a little bit what you shared with me about the part of the book that talks about how like what marriage heals yes oh my gosh yes 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 well first of all that wedding sounded beautiful and something that b texted me on the side you guys was gosh we think that we need these grand things these like beautiful big weddings these events and the most precious and stunning and heavenly on this Mm -hmm. side of are the sweet, small, sacred, like how holy was this wedding? Like it, so, it, so sweet and small. And um, yes. <clears throat> yeah, we had um, a family friend come up to us or come up to me and she kind of cornered me. And for, for a few different reasons, she got r- a little emotional and um, she was basically just like, I did not even expect how beautiful this wedding was going to be. And it was just it really kind of took all of us aback how simple it was. And I think we all just went into it with like not low expectations, but I think God just really surprised us all with this reminder of like, you don't need all the bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. I mean, this little sweet couple, my brother and his wife, they had their reception in the rectory and it (laughs) was precious with all the priests and all of the family and the people behind the hot food bar were like the they were like the bible study ladies i mean it was really <laughs> it felt like gilmore girls or something <laughs> it was cute the it was town. very cute the town came to greg's yeah, the town wedding <laughs> the whole town, the town is the wedding so <laughs> oh, anyways yeah it was a huge moment for me because i felt like well you were my maid of honor so you can attest to this but I get very wrapped up in details and I think this wedding made me realize like who gives a what about the details. Of course we learned that eight, nine years later, but you know. Yeah, Yeah, it only takes a decade. (laughs) 
I'm with you, Seth. But you asked what the yeah, so this book that we both are reading, Be Transformed. Oh, I'm yes, not okay. yet, but they it, okay, so be healed. We've said this a thousand times, it's changed our lives, yada yada yada. In fact, my sister in law just is finishing it and it was mm. really clear that it's changing her life too. And I just don't think it can reach someone's hands without changing their life. Yes. yes. So that's first one that um dr bob wrote but in be transformed he goes through those wounds that we all learn about and i was laughing to myself today i'm like maybe maybe there's another wound in there that i haven't explored quite yet just because we're always learning about ourselves but yeah he through the sacraments of the church and something that i wanted to tell thee about just because you know marriage is so sacred and we talk about it a lot on the podcast and especially being you being a child of divorce i really loved that he says the sacrament of marriage heals the identity line, the wound of fear. So yeah, the, yeah. Lie, the lie itself is if I trust, I will be hurt. I'm not. Wow. Sad. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, you can talk to that more, but one of the yeah. verses about that is what I think it's Matthew 19, six, and he puts it in there. What God has joined together, no human being must separate. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to speak to how we haven't read that chapter yet, it's towards the end of the book because he starts with baptism and he goes through, but how beautiful of the church to um, have these sacraments. Um, to yeah. Heal. Well, I think, yeah, like Ken said, we, so we went, we read the book, Be Healed. Then Ken's and I went to a Be Healed retreat and we met some soul sisters at the retreat, um, which is another crazy story, but <laughs> we that that retreat just like kind of changed our lives i mean like it was so just incredible is the only word but um it was so dr bob is a healing has a healing ministry in the catholic space he works with sister miriam which lots of you know and um he is a child of divorce his dad was like there was infidelity and a lot of just like hard parts of his story but it's really beautiful because his family turned their hardship into this ministry where they mm-hmm. travel the country, like open book, telling the story of what happened in their family. Mm-hmm. And it was very messy, very dark, but they have drawn hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, these retreats sell out immediately. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because we all have a story. We all have some hard part of our past you know Ken's and I don't have the same story but even in our friendship we bonded over sharing our own individual wounds that we were trying to heal from when we met at a retreat at sea and so I think it's just we're I guess we're in the business of healing (laughs) because we've been on this long journey um with our own healing um but I think with marriage and I've in my, my own marriage for sure I said this to this family friend who was crying to me about her own kids. And I just said, you know, marriage has done so much in my life. Like not in a way of like, oh, I got married and was perfectly healed, but Mm -hmm. it really reveals, it's like a mirror. It holds Mm -hmm. a mirror up to yourself about you because you live in such intimacy with with this other person Mm -hmm. that they are your pathway to sanctity, really is what it is so it is very it's super healing oh my gosh I completely agree and we're yeah we I guess we're not newlyweds anymore but sometimes I feel like it with how 
awesome. Some marriages that I look up to have been together, you know, 20, 30 years. Yeah. We do have a good chunk under our belts of learning really. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And this, yeah, just knowing the wounds and kind of diving deeper, especially during Lent, uh, we talked a couple, like a week ago when we were planning on what to talk about, um, about kind of what Lent reveals to you too, because you're supposed to strip those things away, kind of like this wedding you're talking about V (laughs) a lot of fun stuff was stripped away and it was just the beauty of the love and the mass. And so I kind of think that's what Lent is supposed to be like too. We're supposed to strip those places away, live in the emptiness to face these other wounds and the wounds that (laughs) that we all know but you might want to hear them again are rejection abandonment powerlessness confusion fear shame and hopelessness yeah but usually you have like one or two really yeah core yes and then you have a little bit of all of them and so and they can come from places you never expected or you can think you have one because of one instant but it might not be the one. And so it's really important to go through them. And that's why I think it's a great book to read during this time, because we do want to be transformed by the end of these weeks. And it is painful. And I think it's really painful once we realize, oh, we're not done ever. We're here forever. (laughs) We're always learning. And it's hard too. And, um, well, it's funny because, so I was editing an interview that I did with a monk who was newly professed, a mm. Benedictine monk um, down at the Abbey. And he's just this sweet soul. He's so soft-spoken. He was originally a journalist and he left kind of this crazy life to become a monastic, you know, monk. And he... in. I I took a chunk out of the interview and I put it up on social media because I just loved this thing he said about himself. And he just said, my favorite hallmark of the Benedictine life is stability. Because when I came here, I felt like there were mirrors in all the halls of the monastery pointing at me and revealing to me who I, who I really was. And he was like, I never in my 45 years have known who I was until now. And I know, and he said, and the only one who did that, who revealed that to me was God and quiet and prayer. And he said, but you know, your generation, you don't want quiet. Like you go for a walk and you have a podcast in, you go for a run and you're listening to music. Mm -hmm. Like you're so afraid of the quiet. And, um, you know, he was like, the quiet is where you find yourself because Mm -hmm. it's where he speaks to you. And I've had other people say that to me, like my spiritual director in Virginia, um, who I'm dying, you absolutely have to meet him. Um, when you guys are there, father Riley, um, but he, um, he does this thing called sauntering and he's like, you just need to go out and so, you know what your generation is missing sauntering. <laughs> like, you need to go out and look up at the stars and saunter. And he's this like Irish, yeah. little Irish man. And he just goes around wandering, looking up at the stars in the middle of Virginia, like, and praying. And I'm like, if uh, we all did that more, <laughs> I think we'd all be like, just in a better place than we are right now. <laughs> better than we are that is so true the stillness the silence the discomfort is so oh god hard it is so hard and to the temptation when you go into deeper healing and i know we've both been there 
is this unholy desire. It is unholy, which I recently learned and I kick myself about is I will not do what my parents did that, you know, oh. whatever, yeah, whatever thing. Cause by the way, this is not my parents, these parents, this, no, it's everyone to include us who are both parents. We all are going to fail. We all are imperfect and we all are going to cause the wounds for our children because you ask anyone and every wound stems from their childhood or from their parents, whether they meant to or not, it is just the reality of the nature of life. And so unholy vow. Yes. The unholy vow, like I won't ever be like them or do that. Like, yeah. And it's a temptation to think that way. But also I heard this wise woman, uh, she like did a talk here locally and she said, I am so thankful. I was not perfect as a mother because then my children would think I was God and they wouldn't find him. Wow. Wow. And so that brought me a lot of solace because I think there's a perfectionist in peace in both of us and all of us as mothers, like we're always wanting, it's a good desire, but it, it's not right. And you're not always going to have it. Yeah. We're never going to be perfect. And, and you have to be okay with failing, which I, yeah. and so when she said that, I was like, Oh my gosh, what is my true desire? Oh, to get them to heaven and to have them fall in love with Jesus. And so if I am in the way of, if I'm just helping them and holding their hand and doing everything perfectly for my kid, then yeah, they may never find him. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because, and I can even say this because even if my mom hears this <laughs> on, on our podcast, she'll be like, this is true. true. So, <laughs> yeah, right. but, um, you know, it's funny because I wouldn't say, and my mom would say this about herself too. She was not like the warmest mom. And she even jokes about that about herself. She's like, even at, or we had this birthday party for her because um, she turned uh, 63, and which is a random year. But we we didn't have her 60th. So we she had a party. That's ridiculous. 63. Sorry. Oh, gosh. These men hit on her at the rehearsal dinner for Greg. It was hilarious. They were, they must have been drunk, but they were like, is she single? And it was the funniest thing. Wow. I know. It was so funny. But, um, but yeah, so she, okay, she will even say that about herself. Like at her birthday, everyone gave little speeches for her and she goes, well, I know I'm a prick, but thank you, everybody. (laughs) Oh, she did. Uh, yeah, she did. But she, anyways, I think that the I was I was contemplating this because one of her friends was like, "Oh, all of my kids have left the church. All of your kids are still very much in the church. Like, what did you do?" And the funny thing is, like, you know, she you don't have to be the perfect mom who has the perfect mm-hmm. house and does mm-hmm. all the perfect routines and all the things to mm-hmm. actually do what you need to do. And then now that you say it in that way, I'm like, wow, my mom really did point us to what needed to be pointed to because she gave us the tools of our faith and like no parent's going to be perfect. Of course, there's things I wish she did that never happened. And, you know, she knows those things. And, but there were really core truths that she gifted all Mm. of us. And I know that about your parents too. And, they're in conversation with other close friends of ours. Like, I think a lot of commonality that we've heard is that we are so grateful that even though our parents did not have everything perfect, because who does, mm-hmm. the, the gift of faith that they gave us is something that I will always be grateful for. And even our spouses. I mean, Johnny has benefited 
from mm-hmm. the ripple effects of the faith that was handed down to me. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was a different, it, it's not to say his parents did not hand down the faith, but it was in a different way. And he has always said that to me, like, I don't know where I would be if, you know, I haven't, if I hadn't had certain conversations with your mom about things, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that God works with imperfect vessels, even, you know, very imperfect vessels. That's beautiful. Says that I wish the podcast could meet Pia Patrice. She's awesome <laughs> and very holy, but there is an essence of her in both of our mothers because they think they had so many children, which I say so many children and watch us both follow them in this. <laughs> exactly. Act. We always said we wouldn't. We wouldn't do it. And here we are. Um, but they um, had this part of them that was definitely tough love. And mm-hmm. yeah, I couldn't mm-hmm. stand it growing up. I am super sensitive by nature. And so I just couldn't take it. But they had no problem dropping me off in New York City at 17 and a half and saying, you need some toughness, girl. And they were right. And I think that just is just a small example of yeah. life and what you need. Um because who, then you can turn to God, you know, and those, it goes exactly back to what your spiritual director said, of you then rely on God because you are in the discomfort, you are in the stillness, you don't have mm-hmm. else, you don't have mom and dad to pick you up and hold, hold you at all times. I mean, I wasn't even allowed to fly home at Thanksgiving my first year because it was too expensive to go then and Christmas, you know, so just little things like that. Although yeah. you think our parents didn't want to give us everything and more and more and more and spoil us rotten no but they there was a part of it that is holy of like wait a second we got to have them rely on yeah the faith and so i need to said that too um it's funny you say that because i've noticed with my younger siblings there was that tough love in our with our like the first wave of siblings and then the second wave of siblings it was a total (laughs) different situation and you know sometimes I'm not saying I'm always wise sometimes I am a wise cracker and I don't say the right thing but sometimes I I catch myself with these one-liners and I'm like that was not me who just said that but I was talking Mm -hmm. to my mom about my younger sibling and how I it hurt me that this younger sibling Mm -hmm. doesn't always like think to reach out to maybe help or stop by Mm -hmm. And I, I forget what it was, but I said, what I said to my mom about this instance was, you know, mom, sometimes when you, when you interject yourself so much, mm-hmm. you, um, you take away the opportunity for that person to grow in holiness. Like when Oof. you, when you make excuses so deeply, like for example, if our parents continued to always give us whatever the desire on our heart was we would have never been in that uncomfortable situation to grow in holiness and I know from what you've shared with me that your years in New York and mine were very formative for who we are now like there Mm -hmm. were those lonely years like you can be surrounded by friends and roommates Mm -hmm. and classmates and still feel very lonely and Mm -hmm. I think there were those moments that you know we clung to focus missionaries you know the dominicans like and that's how we ended up meeting each other was um through seek and so it's like in those beautiful moments that you almost felt like well that was a desolation well something always comes out of those beautiful seasons oh that's so good yes desolation which is a whole other episode we spent 35 minutes talking about desolation i remember that Mm -hmm. and how important that 
that is unfortunately for you know spiritual growth but yes that enablement piece to be that you spoke of like all we want is the best for our kids we want them to be happy but it's not true happiness if we're just giving them an enabling constantly yes. Yes. through addiction like which yeah. is a tough pill to swallow that you have to oh. let your child go and yeah you know whatever happens to them will happen yeah uh, you know that's a heavier topic but enabling can happen in small ways like how I asked T to give up complaining for Lent and she said I want to give up punching Franny and <laughs> and I said that's not that you don't do that that much I need you to give up complaining <laughs> so you know we're, we're just working on those so little things <laughs> they learn everything from us though B and from their surroundings and so it's so hilarious when like the things they come up with and you want to be upset with them and like I gave them that the, the reason they are spoiled or they're acting like this is my own dang fault I Thank know gosh it's as, wild. as Colby's begging me for like we had a special we I called it a special day but it was really his like yearly checkup so I was just me and him yes, yes. and I'm like we'll go get bagels and then we'll get your checkup and he's like well this is my special day so I get a new toy right <sighs> and I'm just like what have I done what have, what have I, I done, done? <laughs> I but of course I went and got the toy and so that's a whole other thing for me to work on <laughs> me too and maybe that goes back to my own or both of our own woundedness like yeah how- sure that they feel loved and yeah yeah totally right and I had a friend kindly say to me there's a part of you Mackenzie that wants to be chosen um, by your family and I hadn't thought of that yet and so it was so wonderful and go through the wounds again after she had said that um yeah because we recently spent time with family in Mexico and it was it was great and I there's a part of me that was surprised they wanted to be there with my family yeah. Not because I, they don't want to be around us, just because they are very busy. I come from a big family. And she said, there's a part of you that wants to be chosen. And so I went down the list of wounds, and this can help anybody. Yeah. And I was like, wait, there's a wound of rejection in you, Mackenzie. It's uh-huh. not abandonment and shame all the time. There might be some rejection here. Yeah. And just uncomfortably admitting that and sitting in those places. Yeah. It's really, it isn't so painful it's more so ah there's some clarity here and yeah it's okay and it's good and so it's so good and it's so good to just it's also so beautiful to have friends who see you and know you and Mm -hmm. it's funny because this friend is very good at that kind of seeing (laughs) through your we do need to have her on um but I actually had a moment like that tonight where we had um, friends over, this couple that Ken's, you actually know, Siobhan and her sweet boyfriend came over for dinner. And yeah. they come over sometimes and they are so unbothered by our chaos, by the kids running around. They don't even care. You know, they, they're not married. They don't have kids of their own, but they just like love coming over and being around us. And I started getting antsy towards the end when like witching hour was approaching and, you know, Augie's blowing out his pants. The kids are climbing on top of the fridge to get like donuts. And I'm like, okay, well, this was nice. And they're like, <laughs> we're them not the leaving door. you, Bridget. Like we know, like we see what's happening. Like Aww. you're not kicking us out of your house. Like we're Aww. helping you in this moment. And I remember going into the corner to change Augie's diaper. And I had a moment where I was like, 
like I'm starting to get better when I feel uncomfortable, like asking myself, why do you feel this hyperness to get them out of your house? And the answer that it came to was like, you don't want to be known. You don't want your, you don't want people to see what it really looks like here sometimes. And why? And then I was like, okay, that's interesting. Why don't you want people to see what's wrong with having toddlers or them climbing all over the place? And it got, it comes back to that wound of other people in our lives who throughout through their own woundedness that I'm not, it's not my job to, to analyze their wounds, (laughs) but they, they might feel like that's a lot. And that is a total feeling of rejection for a Mm -hmm. young parent, which maybe other young moms or parents listening to this can relate to is like feeling like my family's too much or Mm -hmm. what we are right now in this stage of life is just too much. And what I felt in that moment with those friends was like, people who love you, they don't care. Like they're going to see it all and they're still going to love you. And that is how Jesus loves us. He sees the whole, the whole package and you don't Mm -hmm. need to hide your crap when people come over or (laughs) make it look all perfect for dinner because a true friend is just going to say, Hey, I love you the way you are. And I love you, your family, the way you guys are. So, Oh, isn't that wild? And so freeing that word freeing yeah that just sit not just sit with that moment and say okay this feels uncomfortable but you went deeper and you're like okay why and you keep asking yourself why and you do end up getting there Mm -hmm. and a long time ago when people would say you really have to sit and that thought and like go through it I did not quite understand I'm like no yeah and it's so imperative to just sit there and be with it and gosh look what you discovered you were taking what you thought someone else needed from you so that you wouldn't have it's just so wild how how skewed it can be like let me take care of them so they don't have to see what nothing like you know and it's just wild what we come up with I, I know and it's like I really had to ask myself like like these are such dear friends of yours like why are you why are you that clearly they want to stay like they are unbothered why are you bothered and I think it's that feeling of control like I have to like my kids have to act this a certain way around everyone the house has to look a certain way and I think I'm starting to realize just as you get older I think and it was the same as this monk in this video he was like you know I'm 45 and I'm just now learning who I am and um and I I really thought about that I'm like damn like you know it's not Mm -hmm. even a negative thing it's almost a it is a beautiful thing like you said to just learn and love the parts of you that are great and the parts of you also that need work and there's nothing wrong with it that's so true and you know if you struggle if you're listening maybe i read another thing about um just our reactions and how we respond to things and with therapy and stuff i learned that if you happen to be that type of person that overanalyzes a situation. So let's say someone makes a comment or, or makes a look or doesn't respond in the way you think they should. Uh If you can't stop thinking about that moment or you keep going back to it the rest of the day, which by the way, that is me. And I'm shocked. I'm like, wait, not everyone doesn't do this. (laughs) Like what? Um, If you do that, you could potentially have had parents that would have outbursts out of nowhere. And, or just, you know, had an, a moment of 
big emotion that fell out of nowhere. So you were constantly trying to take care of the family. Mm-hmm. And that's a very natural response as an adult to, to like worry about what everyone else is thinking. And so, so if that is you, and I definitely struggle with that, it's yeah. okay. And don't worry about what anyone thinks because the truth is we all need to be honest right in the moment, which is another yes. thing I'm on this year. If someone has a problem or an issue, they should just say it. Otherwise, like Mother Teresa says, we need to take people at face value. And going back to any, if you have any parental wounds or, or a parent that was really struggling, yeah. let's try and give them grace because they yeah. were probably going through something. And how many times have I had an outburst <laughs> as a parent, I- as a mother? out of nowhere or treated my kids like everyone out of my hair I gotta clean the kitchen and then felt so silly you know so you just never know that is so interesting and I I'm I too am absolutely working on the overanalyzing honestly Mm -hmm. just all of it like Mm -hmm. really just trying to get back to this feeling of like like being free like how like what what lifestyle makes you feel that freedom what uh, work-life balance makes you Mm -hmm. feel that freedom your truest self and Mm -hmm. you know Johnny and I and I feel like you and Colin are so good at this is like we've had some really deep conversations lately Mm -hmm. of like what do we want the next 10 years to look like and you know what do we want our family to be like and the culture of our family and I don't know if that's normal for people in their early thirties to talk about, but <laughs> no. I mean, it should be. And I yeah. think that those are hard conversations because you end up getting to really deep places. But yeah. I think like circling back to Lent, like I think that is the beauty of the church. And we've said this on this podcast before that what we love about being Catholic is that if you're already drawn to self betterment, to, um, always working on yourself um, in all areas of life. Like the church is such a beautiful place to land because there are these carved out times during the mm-hmm. year where the church is saying, I am giving you 40 days to go walk in, in solace in the desert alone and to pray with, with these deep, deep thoughts and to ask Jesus to go with you to not go alone. And you know, that's just one of the reasons I love being Catholic is, you know, Lent is awesome. Amen. And you said it on other podcast episodes, be how like the liturgical calendar just really goes with the year. And I believe this, like, for example, spring is about to sprung. It's sprunging. It's springing. <laughs> like it's coming and, but we can't the enjoy newness and the new and the fresh flowers and the bloom um yeah it's coming but we can't bloom without digging to the roots and watering our hearts and all of it thanks for listening to unraveled podcast to stay a part of the conversation follow us on instagram at unraveled podcast or on spotify at the unraveled podcast thanks for listening